This is the Scoop for Tuesday. Good morning. I'm Josh Holton with the WMNF News Headlines. A new wellness hub opened yesterday in the site of a former nightclub associated with crime issues in East Tampa. WMNF's Chris Young reports it will offer a pharmacy, family health services, and a service to educate women of color about breast cancer awareness. Dr. Vondelin Wright wanted to help the East Tampa community. So we owned a nightclub. My husband and I owned a nightclub, which was bringing nuisance to the area. And so we decided that we wanted to do something positive. I'm a pharmacist by trade. I owned a pharmacy a few miles away. And we said that we were going to just transform this building from a nightclub into a medical center. It's called The Well, and it received a development grant up to $350,000 from the Tampa Community Redevelopment Agency. Guido Maniscalco is the chair of the Tampa City Council and sits on the Community Redevelopment Agency board. When we say East Tampa deserves better, when we see institutions like The Well that are providing health care services, education, and, and what the community needs, this is a perfect example. State Representative Diane Hart spoke at the ribbon cutting. As I return to Tallahassee, we will be advocating to get dollars to assist in the well because I know that you all will still need money. You will always need additional resources. Hart sits on the House Health and Services Committee. The committee is set to have a panel discussion on hospital models in Florida on Thursday. Last week, at a similar committee in the Senate, state officials recently defended criticism of Florida's turbulent Medicaid redetermination process, where thousands were disenrolled. For WMNF News, I'm Chris Young in Tampa. The Tampa Bay Times reports a foul stench surrounding an industrial corridor has lingered for decades in a mainly black and low-income neighborhood in St. Petersburg. And now researchers say levels of chemicals in the air in Childs Park's neighborhood indicate possible concern for potential health effects after long-term exposure. Following a year-long grassroots campaign backed by the city, Gennaro Saliceto, a Master of Science student at USF's College of Public Health, found that the average levels of hydrogen sulfide, an odorous and toxic chemical often emitted from waste oil and food processing, measured twice as high in Child's Park than nearby neighborhoods. And now WMNF's Chris Young reports. Pinellas County officials are asking for the public's help in protecting the emergency beach restoration work underway on Bel Air Beach. Bel Air Beach is closed in the construction zone, but some people are still walking along the beach and accessing the gulf. While doing so, they are walking over the newly constructed dunes and damaging them before the county has had a chance to finish the project. A similar situation has occurred on Sunset Beach in Treasure Island, and that beach remains closed to the public while sea oats and other vegetation are planted this week. Pinellas County is conducting the emergency project to replace storm protection loss during the erosion caused by Hurricane Idalia. Work is currently underway on Pasagrill Beach and will soon begin on Upham Beach. Future project sites may include Indian Rocks Beach, Indian Shores, Reddington Shores, and or Madeira Beach. The multi-million dollar project is funded by tourist development tax dollars. Sand dunes provide protection against storm surge and tides. This protection translates to a reduction in coastal flooding and structural damage. The system also provides a critical habitat for many dune species. Pinellas County officials say it's vital that everyone does their part to help protect the dunes and this, this investment in the environment. Researchers at Cornell and Florida State Universities hope a new study can serve as a wake-up call for planners and managers with Florida's local governments and municipalities who are largely unaware of just how drastically climate change will impact them financially. WMFE's environmental reporter Molly Durig has that story. 
The study projects sea level rise will cause several central Florida municipalities like Cape Canaveral, Daytona Beach, and Flagler Beach to lose at least a quarter of their revenues by the end of the century. That's because as sea level rise makes more coastal properties chronically flooded, those coastal property values are projected to plummet. But there's still time to prepare and take action, says study co-author William Butler, an associate professor of urban and regional planning at Florida State University. We're not forecasting a future. What we're doing is letting people get ahead of that future, we hope, so that local governments can start to say, hey, wait a minute, we need to be preparing ourselves. According to the study, 5 million Floridians currently live in places where properties at risk of chronic permanent flooding fund at least 10% of local revenue. In Orlando, I'm Molly Durig. A vibrant installation at yesterday's Shine St. Petersburg Mural Festival is designed to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Endangered Species Act while spreading awareness about the listed small-tooth sawfish. Tramel Gomes reports. Imagine a fish with the back end of a shark, the midsection flattened and broad like a stingray, and the front looking like a gnarly hedge trimmer in your garage. That's what a small-tooth sawfish looks like. Kelly Quinn with Canvas of the Wild illustrated the little-known species found in Florida's coastal waters on a mural in a scene underneath mangroves, surrounded by other wildlife. Bringing this realistic aspect, something really colorful, really fun, into the environment, but then also having that touch point of education so people can take the next step to learn more and feel empowered to do something with that knowledge. Quinn's mural will be featured during the Shine Festival, which runs all this week in St. Pete. She says the piece will be interactive. Visitors can put their phones up to the eye of a particular species, and it will ping asking if they'd like to learn more. Her way of driving education through art. Congress passed the Endangered Species Act in 1973 to protect wildlife from extinction. Adam Brame is a recovery coordinator with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. He says they have yet to be able to delist many species, but he sees success in the protections given to the species still thriving today. I think it's important to buoy the act up and show the successes that we've been able to achieve over the last 50 years. In the case of small-tooth sawfish, this species is celebrating its 20th anniversary on the endangered species list. According to the Interior Department, the Endangered Species Act has helped save 99% of listed species. This is Tremel Gomes for Florida News Connection. For the weather, it is cool and cloudy in the Tampa Bay area. Highs today in the mid-70s and overnight lows in the mid-50s. I'm Josh Holton with the WMNF News Headlines on 88.5 FM and the WMNF app. This is The Scoop, recorded at WMNF Tampa.